GrowCFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using GrowCFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the GrowCFO show. I'm your host, Kevin Appleby, and with me today is a brand new member of the GrowCFO mentoring team, Helen Brichet. Helen, welcome to the GrowCFO show. Thank you, Kevin. Nice to meet you. Helen, you're, you're joining us as a mentor, but you must have lots of experience that, that gets you to the position that you are able to mentor CFOs. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, please? Yes. Um, if I start with summarizing, with a summary of, of my career in a few words, um, I had what you would call a non-linear career. I had an international career. I've worked most of my 25 years um, in financial services. I've been opening, uh, operating, sorry, at C-suit level um, as CFO and non-exec director um, and in companies that are either leaders in their field or, or with a growth agenda, so becoming leaders. Mm, that all sounds very interesting. Now, non-linear, what does non-linear mean? <laughs> Well, uh, if I take through, if I take you through the, the steps, uh, you, you will understand what I mean. I, I hope. Uh, so I started in financial audit, and like many accountants, on their way to qualification, uh, I was with one of the big four. So I was uh, with PwC. That was in Paris, um, and then I, moved I detected to the UK. A, a slight hint of a, a French accent there. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, then I moved to the UK, uh, and I've been living in London for the past 25 years. And as you mentioned, never quite lost the accent there. Mm. Uh, I've got uh, two children of 25 and 22. They're, they're now uh, out of the family nest. Uh, I just wanted to mention that, yes, uh, the, the family life has been an important aspect uh, of, of my career as well. Um, I've had most of my career in financial services. So that's one commonality across um, my roles. Um, so I had finance roles at Barclays Bank, um, at Visa, so the, the world, the global uh, network um, yes. of payments. Uh, and then a few payments companies, uh, Evo Payments, that's an acquirer, and I can explain a bit more if, I, if that's in, of interest, and Capital One, the uh, consumer credit um, issuer up to uh, CFO levels. And at Visa, where I spent 16 years, uh, that was the, the opportunity for me to go sideways. And I was given the, um, the opportunity to go into quite a few different roles through an internal leadership program, um, what they call an acceleration program. Um, and that was a fascinating time where I really wanted to discover the ecosystem, um, you know, moving from Visa, MasterCard and Amex being the three payment companies globally to many, many more players, including PayPal. But that was just the beginning of uh, the increasingly crowded market. Um, and I left my role of, of head of financial accounts at that stage. Um, and I wanted to go more uh, to discover more of, of commercial roles. So I became head of pricing. Um, I led Visa Europe's first acquisition 
I became head of strategy. And then my last role with Visa was as um, head of partnerships and investment. So that's what I mean by non-linear. I haven't spent uh, my whole career in finance. Right. Now, that must have given you some fascinating experience moving outside of the finance function. What, what do you think the key, key things that you brought back to finance from that, that departure to other parts of the organization are? Um, I would say a broad understanding of how to run a business um, and uh, trade-offs in, in decision-making when you reach exec level in particular. So understanding how functions um, do work well together when there's arbitrage to be made, uh, how, how every part of the system um, is part of a, of a wider uh, picture and uh, the intricacies of, of those dynamics. That was mm. one. Um, more understanding of the functional drivers as well, I suppose, uh, in that when you work, when you start working on, on pricing, you get to a deep level of understanding about the revenue side of things. Um, and the strategic um, ability to... Um, bring external perspective, uh, bring future perspectives, build scenarios. All of this has been really useful for me um, when, when I was back in finance. Absolutely. So w- would you say that that sort of career route is something you'd recommend to anybody on the way to CFO? Well, everyone would be different. I think I've been led by, by curiosity. Yes. Uh, I've always wanted to make sense of situations and, and, and people get to understand that's quite core <laughs> in, mm. across, mm. across what I've done. Um, and grabbing, uh, grabbing more perspectives along the way was, was really important uh, for me to feel grounded in decision-making. Um, I suppose there were steps in my career where I would have discussions with headhunters and they would tell me that it was really difficult to pitch me and and that companies would not necessarily relate to my profile. Um, I was given a few chances, really. I was around doors, got open despite of that. Um, And now at exec level, uh, I realize, or or exec or or non-exec roles at board level, I realize that this is adding value um, perhaps more than earlier in my career. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So stepping away from the, the, the CFO role towards more of a mentoring role, what's behind that? Well, I've been, um, I've been really passionate along my career um, about supporting talented individuals. Um, and I've been a mentor and a mentee. And as a result, I really believe in the impact uh, and the promise of mentoring. I can testify that mentoring really supported me um, and I think supported members of my team. Um, So as a mentee, um, you know, when I mentioned that I had a a non-linear career, I changed jobs regularly. Every 18 months to two years, I would be out of a job and taking up a new challenge. Uh, that meant that 
I needed to start building my understanding of a function, of a team, uh, embed myself rapidly. And I could not have done that without having one or more, even more mentors uh, uh, at, every, at every step. They, they opened doors for me. They pointed mm-hmm. to what I needed to know, uh, whom I needed to speak to, uh, and what my priorities should be. So that they were acting as advisors, uh, as, as people I could, uh, I could well, reflect with. Uh, on, on what was going on. Um, and some of them gave me uh, the, the, the confidence I needed to be able to operate at, uh, at the right level. Um, and similarly, I, I used mentoring for my, for my people, for my team members as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when having development discussions with them and identifying, um, you know, spots for, for further uh, development. I've always liked to uh, put them in touch with someone I knew was going to be able to help them because they would be excellent at, at what they went at, at what my team members would would need to learn, for instance. Uh, and they would also need to bring perspectives from other parts of the business, as I had as I had done myself. Um, and I would also mentor member, members of my team that would not be my DRs. Um, and uh, and people from other functions. Um, so altogether, I personally benefited so much uh, from being mentored that it feels the right thing to do uh, to now pass it on to, uh, to the next generation. Absolutely, I think certainly a, a, that's a, that's a common thread across most of us that are involved in in Grow CFL, just wanting to pass something on to the next generation, not disappear with all the knowledge and things that we've learned over the years mm-hmm. and just keeping it all to ourselves. Passing it on to, to other people is so important. Yes. So um, you, you mentioned that getting mentors for other members of your team. Finding the right mentor, that's how, how, how do you go about finding the right men- mentor for, for members of your team? So if you want to, I've always, I always thought that there was more than one type of mentor. Um, and, and I've been researching that a little bit um, when, when uh, accepting to take up that, that role with Grow CFO. And the most interesting uh, theory that I, I've found uh, is a theory that you need, or everyone needs, five types of mentors. Uh, in our life. Okay, um, five. And mm. Yes, exactly. So yeah. I'm going to go through them very quickly. The, the first one is, is uh, the, the Jedi master. You know, the, uh, they've got the experience and uh, yeah. they've got the wisdom and they can provide insight uh, into the industry or the function or the role and, and in order to help you um, hone new skills. Um, the second type of mentors would be more uh, championing your cause. Uh, they, w- they would have your back. Yeah. Um, they would be connecting you to, to people, influencing how people see you um, and, and uh, introducing you to, to the key people. Um, the third type of mentors they, they described was the, the co-pilot, uh, the peers uh, committed to, to your success as much as you committing to theirs uh, in collaboration. Um, yeah. The fourth one would be your, your confidant, your, your anchor. And they don't need to be in a professional environment. 
in a, at least they don't need to be in your industry or functional role. Um, they are a coaching type of mentor. Um, they're a sounding board for you. They know that you're going to, to hit uh, speed bumps and, and that you're going to go through challenges as, as you uh, develop as a leader. And uh, they can give you a, a lift, you know, a psychological lift um, yeah. and help you uh, see light uh, at the end of the tunnel. And the fifth one uh, is the reverse mentor. Um, so that's, that's someone you learn from um, because they bring a new perspective, because they, they, they have a skill that you don't have. And generally, this is more intergenerational. Uh, when, when, for instance, we're talking about digital um, transformation, certainly uh, in my role at Capital One, I had a few experts on my team and they were really critical for me to try and understand um, and, and fine-tune what we are trying to achieve there. Mm, yeah. So just to answer your question, so where do I see, where do I see uh, value? Where it's, there's, there's quite a few people around in organizations that, have, that can play uh, one of these roles. And it's a question of knowing them sufficiently in order to be able to identify what they can bring to um, your reports, your direct reports. Yeah. Can can the same person operate as more than one of those types of mentor? Kevin, this is a really good one. Um, and when I was thinking about my uh, my experience of mentoring versus coaching, and knowing that um, I'm an accredited mentor and coach uh, for, for executive people. Um, I think that you can be a mentor and a coach. So the number one yes. and number four could be quite compatible. Yeah. You would, I, my view of it is that you would need to be quite clear when contracting with uh, your coachee or mentee, which role you're playing at one time. Um, but the combination of coaching skills, you know, the challenge that you bring, um, the questioning, um, the identification of uh, inconsistencies in, in what is being said or done, for instance, all of these coaching uh, methodologies can enrich the mentoring. Um, I personally find that rather than telling um, a mentee uh, about my own experience, I'd like to uh, challenge them about the difficulties or the challenges or the opportunities that they, that they see uh, and what they've done so far and why they've done it that way. Um, and then what, what was not satisfactory and what options could be uh, on their way. So that's more of a coaching exploration stage. Mm -hmm. And then um, I would direct them towards a particular theory or and um, my own take, um, what I've experienced, whether that was successful or not, and, and my, my lessons learned. Yeah. Now, we, we've mentioned mentoring and coaching there. I think a lot of people get those two things confused with each other. How do you see mentoring and coaching being different? So if I start with mentoring, um, for me, mentoring is um, supporting someone in providing a, a set of tools, a toolkit. So it's accelerating their growth and development by 
letting them in your world, seeing things through your eyes. So if I have been um, experiencing a particular challenge and, and came up with a way of dealing with it, I would share this and I would share uh, why I did it and I would share why I think it could be useful um, as a methodology in a particular situation for, for the mentee. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of potentially telling in mentoring, telling what what's relevant, um, advising, yeah, equipping someone with a toolkit. That's uh, right. That's really what I would say. Coaching, and, and just to add to that, um, of course, it helps having been either operating in the same role or the same function or the same industry to mentor someone as a result, because then you can bring even more relevant um, experience. You can show your your experience that is relevant to them. The coaching side, I see as a uh, deep connection of understanding of someone's circumstances in any um, area of their life. It doesn't necessarily need to be on a professional side um, in order to... um, help the coachee understand that they have options, that they can think they can see things through different prisons, um, and challenging them to come up with something that would be aligned with a solution or options that would be aligned with them. So that requires helping them with a lot of self-knowledge um, um, and identifying um, the goals that they have. Um, so that sense of direction in coaching is going to be super, super key. It's generally very profound, I find. You, you can have uh, life-changing coaching conversations. Perhaps you wouldn't have those life-changing discussions at the mentoring level. At least that's my experience. Mm. Mm. So we talked about five different types of mentor. Which of those five would you put yourself into? With Growth CFO, um, I could be sharing my, uh, you know, my wisdom. (laughs) So I could be a bit of a Jedi master, (laughs) just a bit, (laughs) Uh, helping on the most technical aspects of the role, as well as um, on leadership development and, and, um, you know, influencing at board level, all of this, I could share my my experience of skills and, and provide the toolkit. Mm. But I think my experience would also help me to be that sounding board um, that that we're talking about uh, yeah. as a coach. Mm. And the the mentee, and you're you're from a, a financial services background. Would you see that? your leaning would be to to mentor people from a similar background or are you open to other industries other business types as well um yes there i believe there's need there needs to be a a common point Uh, so either it's in the same role so finance i think that's a commonality or and same industry so financial services um, or same company. I, I think that as as long as you have one point of commonality, your experience is going to be much more. Well, what you have to share as your experience is going to be much more 
um, relevant. Yes. And adding value to the mentee. Mm, yes. Yeah. So the answer is yes, financial services, absolutely, but beyond, absolutely as well. Mm, mm. So how, how important do you think the chemistry is between the mentee and the mentor? Is that something that you really think has got to be absolutely right for the relationship to work? There needs to be trust. So if I'm thinking about the, the, the aspects of the chemistry that I think um, are, are essential, there needs to be trust. Um, if there's no trust, whatever is going to be shared is going to be uh, put aside and, and not used, which mm. uh, is counterproductive, obviously. Um, beyond that, I'm assuming that as long as we have an adult-to-adult -adult relationship, there doesn't need to be particular closeness, but it's good to come from the same perspective that one is happy to share what they, what they have learned and experienced, and one is happy to, um, to listen and to, and to learn and to give it a, give it a go, really. Um, that, that should suffice from my perspective, mm. which is already quite, quite a lot. So outside of work, what makes Helen tick? Well, um, I'm, I'm trying to, well, I've been trying to have a, a balanced um, life. So work and work and beyond work. Um, and I have, for me, what has been really important in that is, is to feed my soul. I'm an arts lover. Um, it, it really helps me switch off from, you know, day-to-day -day realities. So uh, I love uh, impressionist painters. I love all kinds of dance. I go to uh, operas. Um, and beyond that, I've been trying to um, find ways of uh, looking after myself. Um, and I've been practicing yoga for a number of years, and, and I'm now a, a, a teacher. I'm certified in, in teaching yoga. Not that I'm doing it as a job, uh, but I am, I'm doing some, some sessions for um, families and friends. Um, I also sing uh, in a choir, in a big choir in, in London. Um, and all of this uh, is, is really part of what I need to do to regenerate myself and, and rebuild my energy. Fantastic. So, Helen. Welcome to the Grow CFO team. It's great to have you on board and thank you for joining us today on the next on and thank you for joining us today on the Grow CFO show. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs>